Welcome back to the 99 where we are focused on brewing a better competitive commander. I'm your host Patrick Marlette and in today's video we'll be discussing cards that make it so you can't cast spells. Now generally speaking white is the color that comes to mind when you can't cast things. Our main offenders being silence, orums, chant, abeyance. These cards have seen play in CDH and EDH regularly but today I want to explore cards outside of white that do the same thing. Many other colors have this effect however in varying degrees of flavor and today we will be ignoring cards like nevermore or sanctum prelate anything where a name or number is involved in the can't cast clause nor are we talking about rule of law effects as the player is still getting the singular cast whether it be rule of law for the one cast and or something like a deafening silence. And lastly, we will be ignoring the steel golems of the world, okay? Anything that says you can't cast spells of a certain type are things we generally don't wanna play in CEDH. But before I dig any further into this deep dive, I do wanna discuss our partner, TCG Player. Guys, if any of these cards whet your appetite, well, I encourage you to buy them through the link in the description, and in doing so, you'll be helping out the channel indirectly. So thank you very much. Also, guys, if you don't help support the show, directly you can do so via the anchor support button and or our patreon page we have some fantastic patrons supporting us i believe up until this point we have 46 but as you guys know at the end of this video leading up to 99 i'll be thanking all of you personally so stay tuned for that and in case you're wondering why i'm looking off the screen here i of course have my laptop in front of me with a list of cards and of course i'll leave the same list for you guys in a pinned comment in the comment section and of course if i missed anything let me know but Again, excluding all the cards I've mentioned, the named, the numbered, the singular cast, the steel golems, uh, there are only so many that make it so you can't cast spells outside of white. And despite my mentioning we're gonna ignore white cards, I will mention a handful of multicolored cards that make it so players can't cast spells as well. And to start us off on our journey is blue with Mana Maze. It is one generic and one blue for an enchantment. Uh, this had one printing from Invasion. And of course there is the Gold World Championship Edition, so pick up whichever you choose. They're both rather cheap. Uh, enchantment says players can't play spells that share color with the spell last played this turn. Uh, so mind you, if the last played spell was a colorless spell, you could play any color, and of course this doesn't affect the first spell you cast in a given turn. So the obvious benefits here are that you can cover up and protect your own spell. Let's just say that you're playing a food chain and you're cautious that your opponent might have some form of counter in their hand. You're playing against a lot of blue mages tonight. Uh, just go ahead and cast your Frantic Search, your Brainstorm, any sort of dig spell, and that will be the last spell cast that turn. Again, you hold priority on your turn, so you can do that. Food Chain's at the bottom. It was previously green and is now blue. And when Frantic Search goes off, it's still going to be blue. So don't worry, your Food Chain is going to resolve. Though, Food Chain, which Food Chain? <laughs> Let's just say we were playing Food Chain Sliver. The first Sliver, his Cascade is a cast trigger and he's five colors, so maybe that's not even a good fit. The issue with Mana Maze is you really are stepping on your toes when you're playing the spell because it is symmetrical. Unfortunately, you don't get the benefit of just stopping people from playing on your turn without the downside of being unable to play a card of a certain color, though there are benefits here. Uh, whether this is viable or not in CDH is a different question. I think it encourages uh, play in a multicolored list because you're able to manipulate what your opponents can and can't do on a given turn. So whether you have a lot of cards with flash and or just a lot of instant speed spells, 
you're able to shut down certain plays by your opponents. Let's just say you're playing against a Savala and Mana Maze is out. On the start of their turn, you can Noxious Revival something from your graveyard back on top of your deck. It's the food chain that was countered. Well, Savala isn't going to get to play anything on his or her turn, and that really sucks. So I think Mana Maze definitely has the potential to see play. I don't generally see it played. I'm surprised by that too. It is actually a really interesting Staxi piece, and also because it's not as threatening as something like a rule of law. Everyone's just going to want to cut that out. Where Mana Maze, you, you feel like you can play around it a little bit more. The next card we're going to talk about is a new card that was recently released, <laughs> one that sparked this whole idea uh, for this particular segment, and that card is Title Barracuda. Um, at the time this was printed, I was thinking to myself, how many other colors get this effect? And generally speaking, again, we think of white when we see the can't cast claws, but Tidal Barracuda is three generic and one blue for a creature fish, three, four body. Any player may cast spells as though they had flash. Sounds bad. It is, but <laughs> your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Oh, it lurks in the spaces between moments, does it? Does it? Well, everyone's gonna be lurking on your board state if you play this card, because you're literally giving them the advantage of flash at any moment. It's a very bad card. This is a double-edged sword, uh, and the blade end that's facing you is going to be your death blow. Trust me, if this bounces back in your face, it's not a good thing. Not CDH viable. However, I do want to touch on the fact that you can go untouchable on your turn with this. It's like Grand Abolisher in a list that can't have Grand Abolisher. Is it as good? No. As a matter of fact, I'm going to encourage you to pick up a different card instead of this that is very much CDH viable. What I'm seeing more often in a lot of lists, and I think it's actually a really smart choice, but that is in our artifacts. However, Title Barracuda, eh, eh, mm, eh, avoid it. I know it was your rare from the pre-con, but avoid it, guys. You don't want Title Barracuda. Sadly, Black is lacking the can't cast spells, and you know what? That's a good thing, because I don't want any more colors seeing it. Leave it to white, and then a handful of these oddball cards. But the next color we'll be discussing is red, and there are actually two we'll be chatting on. One of them is fairly interesting. It's something that could go into an aggro heavy list. And I say aggro, I mean something like Neheb Dreadhorde Champion or Najila. And that card is hand to hand. It is an enchantment for two generic and one red. It says, and I'm going to read the errated version. During combat, players can't cast instant spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Now, this is a tricky one because it's it's symmetrical. So it's going to stop you too, unfortunately. I wish it said opponents, but the thing here is that you can still trigger abilities. So someone like Neheb will enjoy this. Someone like Najila is just going to get to build her board state. Someone like Godo might appreciate this as well. However, this is just going to encourage your opponents to play their removal at that last possible moment. And that moment is when you go to put hand-to-hand -hand onto the battlefield. So when that's on the stack, they're just going to remove the creature that is of value then. And that's unfortunate. So what you're going to want to do is probably play hand-to-hand -hand just a little bit earlier. I tested this in Neheb. Play it earlier. Folks forget about it. Play Neheb Dreadhorde Champion, play whomever that combat commander was, and initiate those uh, triggered activations then. However, hand-to-hand, -hand, its viability, it's like 50-50. I think there are better cards you could be running. Things that manipulate the target of spells are likely better than this, so maybe the Ricochet Trap for that Pongify you're expecting instead. 
However, it does have the utility of being used multiple times. So if folks are tired of seeing your Neheb hit the field and just haven't wanted to deal with or couldn't deal with hand to hand, at some point, your creature's gonna stick and you're gonna be able to land some swings. So that is when hand to hand is useful. The next one we're gonna talk about is a, an extreme oddity and it initially made me think of another card called Braid of Fire, which I'll also read over. But this card is Brand of Ill Omen. Same thing, I'm gonna read the errated version here. It is three generic, one red for an enchantment aura. Enchant a creature, cumulative upkeep, one red. Probably thinking of the enchantment, uh, Braid of Fire I'm, I'm talking about now, if you don't know what it is. Enchanted creatures controller can't cast creature spells. So that one creature, likely their commander, is gonna be the one creature that they can't get to cast this turn. Or any subsequent turn, so long as you pay for the cumulative upkeep cost here. And that's why we want something like Braid of Fire out. Now this is, we're gonna see this is a very niche package, but Braid of Fire, very good in list with a lot of instant speed spells and or activations that require red. Braid of Fire is one generic, one red for an enchantment that says cumulative upkeep, add red to your mana pool. You always are able to pay for Brand of Ill Omen. Now, is it beneficial to shut off that one player? I guess if it's Chulane, maybe, because creature strategy is the win there, or any food chain list where creature casting and sacrificing is the win, this is gonna be a really cool lock for those players with Braid of Fire. However, the probability in, in a solely red list of you having both of these enchantments is relatively slight. Like you're gonna really have to play for that purpose and it's probably not worth it, particularly because I don't think Brand of Ill Omen should have cost four mana. Now Cold Snap, uh, or sorry, Ice Age, excuse me, was when this was printed, different times. Maybe it made more sense then, but it's not a very effective card now. I would never encourage you to play Brand of Ill Omen, but it is cool to see that Red had this for some reason in this form and it, that it does play well with one enchantment. So maybe if you like have an enchantment matters list, Gruel enchantment matters, then you're gonna, but even then you only have like creature tutors. But maybe, you know, with all those uh, enchantresses drawing cards, you'll get the Brand of Ill Omen and the Braid of Fire combo, but still, still not gonna say it's worth it. The next color we're gonna move on to is green here. Green does have one spell that I think is very good. Underutilized, I'm not gonna say it's a hidden gem, however, because I, I'm i tempted to use it, but even still, Xanted Swarm. I might be pronouncing that wrong. I think that's how you say X. Xanted Swarm, much like Z. It's green for a creature insect, zero one flying body. Yeah, why would I ever use this piece of, wait. Whenever Xanted Swarm attacks, defending player can't cast spells this turn. Now this is gonna sound very similar to another creature I'm gonna mention down the line here, but you are stopping an opponent from casting spells on your turn. If you can win on your main phase two, this is a fantastic card to shut down to, you know, one of the three players you're gonna to have to contend with on any given turn. I do kind of wish that you could just make an open attack and target player, but this does get around any sort of targeted actions or interactions. Xanted Swarm for the most part, unless there's a flying blocker is gonna get through and you're gonna be able to shut one player down. I honestly think that this card can see more play. I'm personally not playing it, 
in any of my list because in the list I run that are green, they're all very fast combo. So setting up my turn one play being Xanted Swarm is always less than my turn one play being a dork. However, if I was playing more mid-range, I think Xanted Swarm is a smart idea. Like mid-range combo, Xanted Swarm is gonna benefit you so much. To just deal with one less player on any given turn is hyper beneficial. Also, it's still something that plays well with a lot of combos. I don't know, maybe your list is using the Aggravated Assault, Sword of Feast and Famine. This is still a creature you can swing with, with Sword, and shut off a player, get the extra combat, shut off another player, get the extra combat. You get the idea. There are strategies that will work in line with Xanted Swarm. However, on the whole, really solid. I mean, that's a lot better than paying four mana for the brand of Ill Omen. Now, before I move on to those multicolored cards, you're gonna notice that there's a trend with those. All of the multicolored cards that happen to feature can't cast spells of any given type, they all have white splashed in. And by no means is the list I compiled here uh, the total list, but these are the ones I consider to be the best outside of legendary creatures. Because something like Gaddictique is, is very good, um, and that's, that's a pretty obvious one. The next one I wanna talk about, this is the, <laughs> The distant relative of Xanted Swarm is Hope of Jirapur. Jirapur? Jirapur. Legendary artifact creature Thopter, one generic for a 1 1 body. This I use in Neheb Dreadhorde Champion, by the way. Um, recently uh, added to that list. And I won a game with Sword of Feast and Famine and Aggravated Assault with Hope. Flying, 1 1 again. Sacrifice Hope of Jirapur. Until your next turn, target player who was dealt combat damage by Hope of Jirapur, this turn can't cast non-creature spells. So, mind you, it's a little different than Xanted Swarm and how it functions. So, Xanted Swarm doesn't have to sacrifice. It always shuts off them, uh, that player in particular, from casting any spell, where this is non-creature spells. So, I mean, they can still cast a creature at flash speed. Maybe they've got some sort of setup where that's going to be relevant. I know there's things that allow you to play a creature at flash. And I mean, I, like Snapcaster Mage is not going to be a big concern because that's just the one they just get to put that down. This is still very high functioning in the list that can run it. Particularly if you have artifact manipulation, you can bring this back out with a Goblin Welder, use it on another turn, and can continue to do so until you've hopefully, you know, gone to the state you need to get to. But it is, again, shutting off one of three players. Is Hope of Geopore CDH viable? Totally. I, it, de again, depends on the list. I, I use this in a list and I enjoy it uh, a lot. Again, it's just another artifact as well that you can swap. Like maybe I don't even want the Hope of Geopore. Maybe I just want to switch it for my Lotus Petal or switch it for the Lotus Bloom. Whatever the instance, it's gonna be an artifact body for me to manipulate that way. Also, if this is in a list that does incorporate green, like your Xanted Swarm, it does have the added benefit of being legendary. So there are tutors, gosh, it, what is it? There's a tutor that lets you find legendary cards. Time of need, time of need. Okay, so yes, you if you were in green and had time of need, let's just say that Xanted's, uh, <laughs> you need that Xanted Swarm effect, you're still able to get it with Hope of Jiroport because it is a legendary artifact creature. I don't know. That's probably not the legendary you were aiming to get with Time of Need, but, and I'll leave Time of Need on the screen. It's a sorcery speed spell. Let me see if I remember this. 
uh, one generic, one green, and you may search your library for a legendary creature, put it into your hand, shuffle your library. Something like that. Yes, Hobajirapur, I am fond of it. Um, again, I think it depends on the list, but it's probably going to be viable if you need it. And again, <laughs> the only reason we're, we're doing this exercise is because silence is so good. It, it will stop a game from ending because of your opponent's win, and it will help you win a game. So any instance or any other card that gives us that opportunity uh, is something to consider highly. And this next one is definitely up there. So think Grand Abolisher, uh, but just think of if he had a weapon that gave him all his powers, some of his powers. We have Conqueror's Flail. So Conqueror's Flail is too generic for an artifact equipment, immensely tutorable uh, if you're in white. Um, but this isn't the only color that really has equipment tutoring aside from Goto, which is a list that loves this card. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each color among permanents you control. Goto doesn't love it for that, okay? He's plus one, plus one. Fantastic. As long as Conqueror's Flail is attached to a creature, your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Equipment cost of two. So this is like, <laughs> this is Brandeville Omen, right? At that four CMC cost, except good. Title Barracuda, except good. And again, you pay it in increments, right? So paying two to equip it on your turn isn't the worst thing. And if you were in a whitelist, again, you're going to have all the silence effects you need. But if you were in a whitelist, there are things to cheat on equipment. Heck, you even have magnetic theft, other cards in other colors to help you cheat this on. But it's only two. Come on. That's really not that bad. Especially because most efficient combos in the game are going to be low mana cost intensive. Like, they're not going to break the bank on your mana pool. Is Conqueror's Flail something you should be considering? Well, ask yourself... Do I have lots of interaction happen on my turn when I try to win? Am I the guy pushing for the win first? This will encourage you to play perhaps a slightly slower game, but it will allow you to effectively win on your turn without any form of interaction because this isn't singular targeting like the Xantid or the Hope of Jirapur. This says everyone stop playing spells on my turn, trying to win the game. I want to get to another one. Is that cool? Conqueror's Flail is fantastic. Especially in a Goto list. Like, if you don't run this in your Goto, I would hyper encourage you to do so. It's just one of those cards. I mean, the boy finds it, right? So, um, I guess Nizan might want to play with it as well because Nizan finds equipment. Anything that's just going to find the equipment, put it on the battlefield, or put it into your hands, and you can do that easily. Conqueror's Flail is one of those cards you want to manipulate. I got two more good goods for you in the colorless department, and the next one I want to talk about is Ward of Bones. Okay, so Eventide, not known for having the best cards. Although this one runs for about, I think, $10 on average. I don't know who's playing it. Let me know who's playing it. But CDH Viable, we'll find out. It could, it honestly could be. I think if you manipulated a deck for this, six CMC artifacts, each opponent who controls more creatures than you can't play creature cards. And uh, the same is true for, the same is true for artifacts and enchantments. That's right. You stop. You stop casting those things. Each opponent who controls more lands than you can't play lands as well. What? See, that's that's the bit that gets me. So, how do you outvalue your opponents without playing spells? This is obviously something you're going to want to cheat out. And early. This is also obviously something that 
your opponents aren't going to want to give advantage to others for. So if Word of Bones is out, it's likely to stay out for a little while until your opponents can feel like they can get a leg up on you once they nature's claim this and get to do the thing on their turn. However, the longer it's on the field, the worse it is for everyone. However, again, because of its symmetry and its reliance on you having little to nothing, Word of Bones is very difficult to play. I don't necessarily know the synergies off the top of my head for this. If you are a Word of Bones fan and have played this for years in Commander, uh, let me know. It's just one of those things that's an oddity that you're not going to see, but is very technically good if it's on the field. It just bogs down the game, but it also gives everyone the advantage of just top decking, finding where they sit with the table, arranging their hand for the perfect play whenever that time comes. So. Word of Bones, not something I would really encourage. The next card, however, is something I've seen uh, in Casual Commander. It's something very good to cheat out. It, it's an Eldrazi, so it's expensive. Void Winnower. 9 CMC, creature Eldrazi, 11-9 body. Now, generally speaking, Eldrazi's cheating them out isn't the best thing to do because a lot of them have fun cast triggers. However, Void Winnower doesn't care. You just want to put Void Winnower down because it has these effects. Your opponents can cast spells with even converted mana cost. No counter spell, no mana drain. I only think of blue spells when I see that. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana cost. What? That one less useful, but Void Winnower as a stacks piece, if your deck isn't dependent well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but you, you can easily get around this. You're going to have to cheat this out. So if you're not dependent on resurrecting some other big win condition, this is a really good piece to reanimate outside of some Razaketh line, right? I think Void Winner is something to be considered in a reanimation strategy. If you're just throwing down big creatures some other way, like, I mean, you wouldn't really sneak attack this out for any reason. I guess you could. And then it, what, sacrifices and you can bring it back? Okay, okay, let's flush that out. You sneak attack Void Winner, a Vin Void Winner, excuse me, out to stop a player from functionally going off on their turn. And then you're able to resurrect them with one of your, you're in Rakdos officially. <laughs> you're gonna be playing Void Winner in a sneak attack build. Is it crazy? Yes. Quicksilver Amulet? Is that legal? That's gotta be legal in Commander. It's way too expensive. If it's illegal in Commander, then I don't know why. But I guess you can Quicksilver Amulet this guy out. There are things here. Are they good things? I don't know. Nine is a lot. You're gonna have to spend nine mana for this. Uh, if you might be looking into this for a Savala build. I know some Savalas incorporate Ulamog. And I mean any Ulamog. So for reference, Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. When you cast this spell, destroy target permanent. Better yet, the Ceaseless Hunger. When you cast Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, exile two target permanents. So if you're playing the big bad Eldrazi build of Savala, you might want to throw in Void Winnower. Just, it's going to make life a lot easier for you. However, Void Winner on the whole, maybe not the best piece of can't cast spells to be playing with because it's not going to fit into every list. However, some of these multicolored cards that I did want to discuss Again, they all incorporate white. These are actually pretty solid. One of them, I play a lot. The other two, not so much. And that's not because they aren't good. 
It's because they're situationally good. And, and I don't brew for blue decks, so that's why I don't use one of the other ones. Unless I'm drafting or playing cube. So, Aurelius Fury. X, red, white for an instant speed spell. Aurelius Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures uh, or players. Um, this has been errated to any number of targets, players, planeswalkers. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. So even if X was not worried about that guy playing mono green. Okay, so if X was two, I spent four for this instant speed spell, ping, bang, boom, shut them off. Still not worried about that guy. I can play like an easy game of magic on my turn now that I've silenced them. Again, not being able to cast non-creature spells, big deal. What's nice about this is that it does function as removal in a lot of instances, or if you just needed to get rid of a blocker to begin your infinite onslaught of attacks, this is another good way to set that up. Because again, those creatures, if you just ping it for one, taps it. I think in the best case scenario, this is used for a mass silence, but much more expensive than silence. But you're also tapping down a thing. Or you're effectively managing the board state in such a way that you couldn't with silence. I think Aurelius Fury has more closet case scenarios. I don't think you're going to see it at many CDH tables. I do think it is viable should you be generating a lot of mana. And mind you, red does have a lot of rituals. It's not like it's going to be difficult to pump out this with X equals three. What, you got a uh, mana vault, you're going to monolith, a ritual. If you're desperate to get the board silenced and this is all you got. But also because you're, uh, you know what, you can't even, I was going to say, if you were in Boros, you have the Sun Forger, you're not going to reach for this anyways. Anytime you can play something without paying its mana cost and there's X in the cost, the X is going to be zero. So eh, you're going to just cast Silence in that instance. However, Aurelius Fury, still something to keep on the map. Keep it in the, your back pocket, save it for later, might be playable. The blue card we were going to talk about, hyper mana intensive, but still, still good. Render silent. One white, blue blue, instant speed spell. Counter target spell, its controller can't cast spells this turn. Sorry. This is really good. So, it's extremely mana intensive. I don't think anyone's over the moon about it being double blue and a white. No one's excited about that. I do think you will have the mana for this. And it shuts down any spell. And it makes it so player that player can't play spells. It's a great way to say, stop, stop playing spells on my turn. I'm just, I don't want, I don't want you to do anything else on your turn, okay? You tried to win, it's over. Render Silent, I don't see it played, but it could be played. Again, I don't think this is going to take the place of any of your standard counters, but it's certainly a decent card in Azorius, especially if you want to really just dead stop an opponent from playing, because... A counter spell against a player sometimes isn't enough. Like, they can just grab their Eternal Witness. They can just Noxious Revival, regrowth the thing on top of their deck to their hand, draw it, play it, do the thing still. Render Silent just says no to the whole strategy. And I like that. Again, I don't really brew for blue. Blue players, let me know. Am I crazy? Is that one trash? I think it could be played. I don't think it's CDH viable because no one's really playing it.
However, this card I do feel is CDH viable. And I've talked about this in a deck tech. If you haven't seen my deck tech on Anna Fenza, love the girl, love the play style. I really love this card. Archon of Valor's Reach. So for four generic, one green, one white, creature, Archon, five, six body, flying vigilance, trample. It's just got frigidilample, frigidilample. That's what that is. As Archon of Valor's Reach enters the battlefield to choose Artifact, Enchantment, Instant Sorcery, or Planeswalker. Players can't cast spells of the chosen type. So that AB combo everyone loves with Demonic Consultation, Thassa's Oracle, just say instant. Again, 90% of the time you're gonna say instant. Most all of the removal in CDH is instant speed. Again, Toxic Deluge being the only thing I can think of in a given moment that's gonna wipe this guy out. Not that many people play board wipes. Okay, there's not that many damnations. There's not that many wraths like that. That's not to say there, there aren't, just you don't see them very often on a competitive board state. Usually folks have creatures of value that they value too much to just wipe the board away of. Archons of Valor's Reach just guarantees that if your strategy doesn't rely on instant speed spells, and, and in the list you're playing this, your instant speed spells are likely just tutors, right? And hopefully you've played them all for this guy at that point, or you're just done with them at that point, right? Your Court of Calling, your Green Sun Zenith, all these things can find him because he's green. And Elodomri's Call, you're in Selesnia. Archon of Valor's Reach is phenomenal. Definitely CDH viable. Should you play more of him? I think if you're in a list with these colors, it's a very good card. If this lands, you're guaranteed to bog down the board or just soft lock the board for a minute because they're not going to be able to unless they've got their imperial seals which are just ridiculous in price now their grim tutor their demonic tutor the black guy he's the black player magic player oh my god you know what i mean the guy playing black spells he's gonna have some sort of effect against you but maybe just him and at best, I bet you the removal that, that he or she is playing is going to be instant speed. So you're not going to really be able to get rid of Archon of Valor's Reach unless they didn't spoil their Toxic Deluge at that point and they've got regrowth in that same list. I think Archon is going to stick. I think Archon is going to stick. It's always stuck for me um, until it got Gilded Draked or something ridiculous happened and then it was just removed otherwise from my board state. But generally sticks. Very good spell. I highly encourage it. That is the last multicolored card I want to talk about. And those are all the spells and magic that say you can't cast a thing anymore. Do I think this list is particularly spicy for most players? I think it's got a lot of cards in here. I think Xanted Swarm, Hopajiropor, and Mana Maze have the most potential play. But again, you're still not going to see them. The cards that do get play are Conqueror's Flail. And at least on my end, Archon of Valor's Reach, those are good cards. Those are cards you should consider playing with. They're very fantastic in the list that can accept them. And Conqueror's Flail is very easy to slot into a list because it's colorless. And it gets around your mana maze. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not really gonna want to double dip there, but you could, you could. But before I put you off from buying any more cards, I'll encourage you to pick up any of these cards, your Yu-Gi-Oh cards, your deck boxes, your sleeves, anything you needed for your MTG gaming experience from TCG Player down in the link below. Again, 
purchases there subsequently help the channel. So thank you so much for your support via the TCG Player link. And uh, if you're asking yourself, why should I buy via TCG Player? Well, don't be a doofus. It's always going to offer you the best prices. And just hold tight for seasonal sales. They always have some sort of kickback incentive for you guys. So if you're waiting on the card, look, the title Barracuda, just too expensive. I get it. Wait for the kickback. Pick it up via the link in the description. Also, if you want to help the channel directly, you can do so via Anchor and or Patreon. That is where most of our backers come in. And thank you guys so much for your support. I have a list of your names here. But before I jump into this, guys, if you are in an industry affected by COVID-19, please worry about yourself, your family, and your friends first. And then if you have anything to spare, we really do appreciate it. But to the 45, Adrian, and I, I really mean it this time. Zoom right through it. Adrian, Alex, Ali, thank you very much. Jarn, Brendan, Bruno, Philippe, Rodriguez. Whew. I said I would I, I said I would shoot through it, but I uh, Bruno, the best. Burden, Carl, Christopher, Clyde, fantastic human beings right there. Craig, Dave, Frank, frankly, Gregory and Gullius. Again, let me know if I'm mispronouncing that. Harry, Jacoby, Jake, Jared, Jason. I was going to say Javier. It's hard to mispronounce Javier once you know how it's pronounced. Javier. Javier. Thank you very much. <laughs> you guys think I'm crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> Mace, Jordan, Josh, Joshua. Thank you guys so much. Kev, Leon, Leonardo. Thank you guys. Some of these guys are early, early backers. Luke, Mason, Matthew, Mahoy Manoy. Thank you for your patronage. Nathan, Nick, Oliver, Paul, Rennell. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Running Red, Sam, Shade, Shord, the very best of them. And the Holy Knight, Trent and Xiaofan. Thank you guys so much for supporting the channel. It means a whole lot here and it helps more than you could know. Um, I love producing this content for you and I look to continue doing so uh, with or without this extra support, but guys, it means so much when you do back us because it allows me to pick up stuff for different segments. Those little easels, you guys helped buy those easels for the upcoming art series. And you know, the general YouTube audience doesn't know that, but our patrons do. I'm very excited to showcase some alter art for you guys in this new segment. Again, my name is Patrick Marlette and happy brewing babies.